Easy. You're like, I never left, fool. Okay. Um, there's just so much uh, for tonight. Can't decide which hand I want to hold the mic with. Uh, God's presence, so awesome. Um, and if you're new here, welcome. Uh, we love you. Switching again. This will be it. Okay. Um, yeah, we're just excited you're here. And um, there's so many people here that like come here every week. It's weird and awesome to see like this thing that God is building here. Um, we're just a family, you know, and, and He's doing it. And if it's your first time hanging out with us, we just love you, and we all desire that you would be exactly where God has you. So if that's here, Amen. If it's elsewhere, Amen. But just be connected somewhere, okay? That's the that's the theme. Um, and God is doing something really deep tonight. So I'm going to pray, uh, and we're just going to jump in. Um, I really felt like He's hedging us in tonight, and uh, and we're immersed. So it's like we're all underwater right now. You know, like when you say a sentence underwater, it sounds different. It's like, you know what I mean? Like, there's something, something like that for us where we're going to hear things differently tonight. Even if it sounds simple, we're going to hear it for the first time different. It's going to sound different. So tune your ears, your hearts in. Put your hands out like this, if you would, just to, so we can do something together as a family. Now put it on your nose. I'm just kidding. Uh, but just keep, keep your hands out. Holy Spirit, you just come. God, we thank you for your presence. Thank you that in your presence there's fullness of everything. There's fullness of life. Fullness of joy, fullness of peace. Thank you that it's enough. So God, just, just come. Holy Spirit, come. Come in this place. Amen. Um, I felt like tonight there might be some uh, like manifestations, like heavenly stuff, like gold or, I don't know, I don't really know what it ha doesn't have to be anything, but um, I just felt like there's something really deep happening tonight. Um, switching again. Uh, in this place. <laughs> okay. Um, trying to figure out where to start, but... Yeah. I named this message. <laughs> I know, big time for me. Uh, the name of this message, it's kind of long, couldn't fit it on like the cover of a CD, but the name of the message is Coming Up Higher in Order That Our Supernatural Hearts Might Be Stewarded Properly. I, I, th I think something, a theme that's going on in our lives um, as a family is this, is this notion that uh, we're transforming from being servants or slaves to being friends of God, right? And um, it's a very natural and supernatural uh, transition for us. Um, and I'd say a lot of us are in a very similar season. Um, and when, when Jesus said that, when he said, hey, no longer do I call you a servant, but I'm calling you a friend, there was a transition that happened in their relationship, and all of a sudden new things were open, new conversations were available, Right? And that's what's happening with us. There's, there's been something new. Something's changed in our walk with God. Amen? Um, I'm going to find that verse. So this is John. Where are you, John? John. 
Um, oh, you guys can have these notes too if you want them. Maybe I'll give them to you afterwards. Okay. Uh, John 15, 12, 17. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Let's see that again. Can anyone uh, turn on these uh, high beams, if possible, maybe someone who knows the switches? Okay, we're almost, yeah, Naomi, thank you, servant of the year. Just the, I just like, my beautiful blue eyes. Yeah, just the, 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 the two that are like, yeah, there it is, you got it, you had it. Oh, that's really nice, thank you. Okay, um, let's read this part again. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. It's like so deep, right? It's like a rich fudge or something. It's uh, it's really meaty, right? I mean... Yeah. We could just hang out there um, all night because it really is this changing of the tide. And, and you don't have to earn this, right? Jesus didn't say, because you did really well, I'm not calling you a servant anymore. No, it's actually what he made us for. We're designed for relationship, right? So I want to talk about our hearts. Yay! Yeah. These scary, alive, amazing things beating within us. Um, you know, I, I believe the only way to have your heart properly stewarded is, is it stewarded is to have it stewarded by God. I think the most mature form of stewarding your own heart is to be brave enough to let someone else steward it. But you actually have to initiate that process. It's because he's a gentleman. He's not going to interrupt what you're doing. He's not going to, I mean, he will interrupt <laughs> what your plans are, but he's not going to force himself upon you. It's actually our glory and our responsibility to steward our own hearts. And one way that looks like, the, the best way to steward your heart is to let God steward your heart. Sounds kind of no duh, but it's, uh, it's pretty rare, actually. Yeah. It's more rare than, you, than we'd think. Um, to really put our hearts fully in his hands. I believe our heart, God wants our hearts to be fully alive. Yeah. I think tonight, I got a, I got a word about tonight, the message, um, that tonight would like shake up and like mess up all this stuff, and then you guys are going to have to deal with it for the next two weeks. <laughs> Is that cool? Yeah. All right. Good. Not my job. <clears throat> so, uh, just kidding. But Jesus will take care of you. And... Um, you guys, there's something about our desires actually being allowed to be turned on and to be allowed to be alive. There are so many things that you want deep down in your heart that you have made an agreement with when you were younger that you can't, you can't allow yourself to want that. Does that sound true? Does that ring somewhere? 
There are things that you want. Say it again. There's things that you want. You guys, we're starting out here because we're going here. So we're not starting here and like explaining everything to get to here. We're actually skipping that, starting here because we're actually going here. Is that okay? Yeah. We're going like, like if you're like, where's the introduction? <laughs> we're just skipping that, okay? So can someone, uh, is this, can you hear me here? You want to hear or here? Here, because when I touch with my mouth, it's nasty because, you know, other people do. That's all right. Okay. Um, you guys, our hearts actually allowing us to desire and dream is really, is really something on God's heart. He really wants us to be alive in that. And I'll just tell you, it's really scary to allow that to happen. There's so many what-ifs. There's so much fear that's right around the corner of actually being vulnerable and real with what you want. Have you, have you ever been like in like a Christian discipleship or like a program or something where they're like, write down your dreams, write down what you want to do in your life? Anyone ever had that happen? Maybe. If it's never happened, maybe, maybe you should do that. Um, I just licked the mic. That's um, <laughs> a nasty thing. Yeah, it's gross. I know it. <clears throat> Pastor James tomorrow, he'll be like, this guy had sushi for lunch. Um, so, ah, it's great, I didn't have sushi, come on. Um, but uh, I remember when I was an intern, uh, I had that invitation. It was like some class, you know, write down your dreams, write down, they were like specific with it, write down your one-year dreams, your five-year dreams, and your lifelong, you know, like, and I realized something, um, I had no idea what to write. <laughs> like, what do you want? I'm like, what do I want? You know? I, I, for me, my entire life had been what is needed to be done and what am I good at so I can succeed in it. Yeah. But who knows there's a difference between what you want and what, you're, what you think you're good at. Yeah. And I had to learn how to even, I didn't even, it was like so foreign. Like, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, what do I want to do? I'm like, I just want to do what I'm told, right? Like, I'm a, I'm a servant of the Lord, right? I got saved when I was 19 rather radically, and I was sold out. And it was, it was, it was healthy at the time. But there's that moment when the Father says, no, you're no longer a servant. I'm actually showing you what I'm doing now. You're my friend. What do you want to do? <laughs> right? Isn't that, a, isn't that a strange question to a servant? It's, it's quite strange. Like, imagine if you were an actual servant and your master said, what do you want to do today, your life, this week, this month, this next five years? You know? You're like, wait. I didn't even know there was an option, right? I didn't even know I had the option to express a desire. And this is, this is a slave's mentality, right? So we are being set free. We actually already have been set free. And really... The entirety of Christian life on earth is actually adapting to what's already been done. Yeah. It's finished. Amen? Amen. It's it's done. We are now learning to live life in light of what's already happened. You don't have to make anything happen. You don't have to, you know, it's it's done. We're we're, we're made new. All things are new, right? Second Corinthians five seventeen. Anyone who's in Christ is a new creation, right? Yeah. We're we're brand new beings. Jesus took care of everything, right? We don't even have a sin problem anymore. Amen? Yeah, amen. Some of you are like, I do. No, you don't. You're just doing things that are outside of who you really are if you're struggling with sin. Um, 
and, and just to let you know, if you are struggling with sin, that's something that's getting you all the time, just understand it's a battle of identity primarily, okay? Um, and that'll help you. But you can ask other people for help too. But that should get you started in the right place. Um, allowing ourselves to actually dream and to actually want and to actually even know what we like and what we want to do is, is very relevant uh, for how the Father speaks to us. Um, and it's very different um, than the slave's mentality. I heard a quote uh, from this this guy um, that I found in a very random spot. I'm, I don't even want to waste time finding, but I was interviewing some guy for work, and you know, you like Facebook stock people because you're trying to figure out who, what they're all about. So I went on his Facebook and saw this video, and it was awesome. Uh, we're not going to hire him, but his video was awesome. Um, and yeah, he's just not the right guy. But his video was awesome, and it was this uh, this like speaker guy, uh, and he was a believer, and he was talking about his dad, and he said, you know, my dad said to me. When I was younger, he said, son, I, I'm not concerned, I'm not afraid of you aiming high and missing your mark. I'm afraid of you aiming low and hitting it. And I, I listened to that and I'm like, God, ah! <laughs> one of those things. He's, God, God is not concerned with us aiming high and going after a dream or a goal or something, something, something so amazing, right? And he's not concerned with us doing that and missing missing according to the natural he's afraid of us he's not afraid but he's the concern as, as a loving dad is that we would aim low and hit our mark you see there's something about failing <sighs> doesn't it sound refreshing <laughs> it does I just want to go out and fail doing something I want to do hey, right don't you just want to go fail doing something you wanted to do some of you are like, no. But, I, but you do, though. You do. And deep down, you do. Because you're alive. Because if there's no risk of failure, it's not real. It's control. It's calculated. Keep going, Zach. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, let me get back to what I originally said. Or for me personally, if all you're doing is finding out what you're good at and going, and you know what? I'll succeed at this. Let's do that. I mean, that might be intertwined with something that you really want to do, but I challenge you. I wonder if that's even really what you wanted to do, if you could do anything. I mean, Abraham Lincoln, he, he like, failed 19 businesses. Like, started one, bankrupt. Started one, bankrupt. Boom, boom, boom. And, like, it's, like, amazing, right? And, like, he, he valued that time more than anything else. I loved the failure. I loved going after something. I loved dreaming and, and, and actually, there being a risk involved, you know? Who here has ever pursued a woman unto marriage? If you're married, you are a man. This, was, this is you. This is you. Unless there was like a preordained marriage, okay? Listen, I tell, I, tell, I tell young men this all the time. I tell guys this all the time. If there's no risk of being denied, it's not a real pursuit. It's not a real pursuit. If you're a man, you know the temptation to manipulate the woman, to show her cards, to, te to get her to tell you she likes you first, so that way when you ask her, there ain't, there's no risk. Am I right? Yeah. If you're a man and you've never been tempted with this, come up here, we're going to beat you because you're lying. It's, it's a real thing. Men are, tempted, men are tempted to get the woman to show their cards, 
get her to, you know, flirt, put these hooks in her or whatever. Get her to like you before you ask her. That way when you ask her, there's no risk. That's not a real pursuit. That's not a real pursuit. It's not real. There's no fear. There's no risk of failure. Amen? The real pursuit is, is when you guard her heart. She has no idea. And you actually pursue her for who she is. And there is an option for her to say no. Okay? If there's no option for her to say no, it's not a true pursuit. In the same way, when you're pursuing things in your life, if you're only going after things you know you're going to succeed at, there's more. Like, guys, we're so afraid of failure. Like, it's, it's a disease and we have to get free from it. If you allow your heart to be awakened, you will have to face what I'm talking about right now. Some of you are like, I've never had to face this. <laughs> Just wait. Stay in the furnace. Stay coming to this church. You're going to get messed up. There's a heck of stuff going on here. You, you know what I mean? Let your heart be awakened. There's something about partnering with him in these desires of ours. Because he actually made us to want things. You know, he actually put desires in your heart that you actually want. And you want to know what they are. <laughs> it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. The glory of kings to seek it out. This is our glory, you guys. To literally seek out what our desires are. Who we were made to be. What we want to do. This is glory for us. Fear of failure. It's a big enemy. <clears throat> That's why I say I would love to fail. <sighs> it sounds so refreshing. And I mean it. I really mean it. Thank you. Is the glory of God to conceal things. But the glory of kings, us, queens, kings, is to search things out. As the heavens for height and the earth for depth, depth, so the heart of kings is unsearchable. Our hearts are so deep. He says the heavens for the height, the earth, earth for the depth. That's, this is the vastness of our hearts. And it's our glory to seek it out with him. And it's his glory to hide it. If it's already revealed to you already, there's, you're saying, God, you have no more glory. You're, and you're calling God a liar. Right? But it, he, there, we have not figured this out. We'll, we'll never... You know, this is an eternal glory for us to search out who we are in Christ. Yeah. You guys, it's, it's our joy to find ourselves in Christ. Like, to find ourselves in His bosom. To find ourselves in Him. This is our joy. This is our glory. Amen? Yeah. This is real. This is, this is like what you get excited about when all of a sudden something's revealed. That's why we love prophecy, right? Because yeah. someone does it for us. <laughs> it's awesome. I love prophetic words. Oh, you're going to do it for me? You're going to seek it out too? It's like the lazy revelation, right? <laughs> Have you ever been in a season where you get all these prophetic words, right? And then you like grow up a little bit and then you stop getting them from people? I'm not saying if you're getting a mirror mature. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, who, who's experienced that? Right? Where all of a sudden, it's like the freaking hose got turned off. I'm going to Bethel. Where's my word? 
I'm walking around Holy Spirit places. No one's approaching me. You know, I remember like walking around Bethel, like walking through the halls, like making eye contact with everyone. Like someone's got a word for me. You know, just nothing. You know, just whoop. it's like, is it because God doesn't love me? No, it's because He wants to speak to me. Uh -huh. He wants to talk to you. If you are here sitting and you're a human, He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. Yes. He wants to reveal who you are in Him. Like the verse, if you try to save, keep your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life in Him, for Him, with Him, you'll find out who you are. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Okay. You're either quiet because the food's good or it's awkward. Either one I'm okay with. Yum, yum. <clears throat> You see, what happens is, is as we go on, we get called from glory to glory, right? And we sing about it because we're like, glory to glory. And then we get there, we're like, oh, God, uh, whoo, let's go back to the, oh, that door's closed. No, I'm on this freaking thing now. Dang it, I can't go back to the old season. That door's closed. The new one's way too scary. What the, and then we're in like limbo, right? Just me? Okay. Um, it's real, right? We're singing, we're like, glory to glory, God, do whatever you want. Next week, it's like, <laughs> right? I was telling my wife, we were watching, uh, us, Michaela, where's Michaela? So Michaela babysits for us because she's awesome, and my kids love her. Isaac actually wants to marry Michaela. So yes! all you guys out there, you better get to her quick because Isaac's only got 15 years left. Um, just trying to embarrass you if I could. Uh, but I was sure we, were, we were talking about Tom Cruise because I love Tom Cruise. And um, Ooh, he does all yeah he does his, all his own stunts. And I, love, I think it's so awesome. So we were showing her these videos about him on like this, the tallest building in the world in Dubai, right? And he's run, he really does these things. It's really crazy. I mean, he has harnesses, duh. But he is walking up the tallest building in the world in real life with cables, but still. Um, and... Uh, Steph was like, oh, my wife said, oh, it's not scary because he has cables. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, it's scary. Uh, she goes, why? He's got cables. And I'm like, listen. So I, I, I for my old job, I, I used to go to Chicago semi-frequently. And um, I, I went to Chicago, the Willis Tower. Now it's called Sears Tower. But it used to be the tallest building in the world, right? And there's this spot on the top floor. It's like a tourist thing because it's tall. I mean, it's tall. And there's this clear glass walkout and it's it's glass there's no metal bars it's pure glass and it's probably from here like if this is the edge of the building glass 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 right and so there's lots of people around and you walk out and it's purely clear underneath you and it's it was the tallest building in the world i think it's the third tallest now and I'm thinking the same thing my wife is back here. I'm watching all these people yell. So I'm like, are you scared? The glass is obviously strong enough. What is the, f I don't understand why they're afraid, right? The glass is obviously strong enough, right? Heck no. You, I walk out there. I'm like, this is nothing. I look down. <laughs> you know, whoa. I mean, I mean, your mind is rebelling against you, right? Like you're telling yourself like you're safe, you're safe. Your mind's like, get the hell out of there. Don't stand there. You need to move. <laughs> This is not okay, you know? I mean, you're looking down, there's birds way underneath you. I mean, it's like, it's freaky, right? In your mind, you just keep telling yourself, it's okay, it's okay, you're safe, you're safe. And it's just not okay, right? It's, 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 it's this crazy situation. Do you have a word you're saying amen? Um, yeah, you go ahead. Stephanie needs to go to Heroes V 
experience. Virtual reality. Literally walking out on a plank. Yeah. Over a giant city. Oh god, that's scary. And you have to walk on this plank. Yeah. And if you make one wrong step, you fall. Oh god. And yeah. you're in VR. You're right. Obviously, you're on. You're right. Nowhere near that. Yeah. But you're looking yeah. at this thing and you're listening. Yeah, she'll, she'll understand if she tries yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have to punish her somewhere. Uh, yeah, she, should, she should not have said that, so. Um, no, 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 no. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Um, but here's the reality, guys. We go from glory to glory, right? And we get to the next season, and it's scary because here's the invitation with every new level of glory is open your heart to me. Yeah, oh, you thought it was open? Actually, there's this other thing. I actually have this other door in this other room. And you're like, Lord, I'm so secure in this area. And he's like, well, how about this? And you're like, no, 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 Right? And then we try to go back to the old season. We open the door, and it's like the old room. Everything's gone. It doesn't make sense. And then you're confused about the season you're in, right? I, I have a, I have a, a hunch. If we're confused about where we are, it's because we're hanging out in the old room. The party's moved on, man. We're in room 304 now. We've, we've, you've never been to a college thing, huh? Where there's like each apartment's a party. Anyways, we've moved to the next one. And it, was that 5DP? It happened in 5DP, a Jesus version of my horrible college life. Awesome. Um, my one year of hell. Um, Anyways, if God's leading you to college, amen, bless you. Um, it's probably going to be better than mine. Um, I just wasn't with Jesus. But. So, uh, you guys, he's moved on. Like, and he's not, he's not like mean about it. It's literally for your own good. Like, he's going from glory to glory. He's like, hey, I'm over at this glory step. And you're like, I'm scared of going there. I don't like, right? This is real? Yeah. I, I know it's real. It is real. I don't even have to wonder, because um, you're a human like me. Uh, you guys, our heart, each glory is an invitation to open up your heart even more. Yeah. Our heart's being fully alive. God, do you know this? God is most glorified in you when your heart is most fully alive. Fully alive. Who wants to be fully alive? Yes. I want to be fully alive, and I want to fail. Oh, I freaking want it. Yes. And I'm speaking from experience. I was the kid. I was the straight-A kid, super good at math, you know, all this crap, supposed to do X, Y, Z, but I didn't want to do any of it. But I was supposed to because I knew I would succeed at it. There's no fear of failure, right? There's no fear. I, I can do that. You know what I mean? Like, but that's not what I want to do. That's just what I'm good at and what needs to be done. There's a difference between what's needed to be done and what... And, and, and like what's needed to be done and what you know you'll succeed at, that's different than what your heart is burning to do. We've been tricked into thinking that it has to fit into what we're good at. You know the, the, the saying like God calls, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called? Mm -hmm. It's so real. Yes. Yeah. It's so real. You, it's like your anointing is literally in the things you think you suck at. I swear. You're like, where's my anointing? I'm only doing what I'm good at. Me. Me, 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 me. I don't know why Jesus isn't here. I'm good at these things. 
Think about that. You step into something you're not good at and you need Jesus and Jesus shows up. I don't want to be up here talking. Like this is, I mean, I want to, but like, I don't think I'm hecka good at this and this is why. No, I'm not. And then Jesus shows up. You see what I mean? Like, I know Jesus moves every time I speak. But it's not because I'm like, I am so good at speaking. It's not, it's not like this thing that goes through my mind. It's literally the opposite. Like, oh, Jesus, what the, oh, my God. Oh, crap, you're doing this again, or you don't tell me what you're going to say until the freaking moment I have a mic in my mouth. Oh, God. He's like, I love it. I'm going to show up. Like, this is live, if you wonder. This isn't, like, scripted, right? Yeah. But this is the invitation. Jesus said, I only say what I hear him saying. I only do what I see him doing. It, was a li- it wasn't TiVo'd. It was live. It was, I'm with him. I re- I require him to be doing what I'm doing, right? Yeah. Like, I require Jesus to be married, okay? I'm just telling you, without Jesus, it ain't good for me, okay? But, like, I find Jesus in my marriage because I need Jesus in my marriage. Like, when God invited me to pursue my wife, it was, I needed him to do it. Lord knows I needed him to do it. If y'all were around there in my life, you know. I needed, like, two Jesuses, Right? I needed the full package. I need the Trinity, Lord. <laughs> I just needed some help, okay? And um, and some extra hands, some 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 leaders and stuff too. But uh, it's all good. I did it. Um, but you guys, the invitations that God has for you require Him. If what you're if what you're wanting to do in your next season doesn't require Jesus. I challenge you in that. I call BS. I call I call bluff. I don't know if it's the best for you. Remember this much. The good is always the enemy of the best. Always. Good is always the enemy of great. It's it, it's very easy to just do what you're good at. And you're and guess what? You know it's off because your heart's not alive. Mm-hmm. Especially in America, right? You just get this machine going, right? You got, the, I mean, look, I mean, I'll speak my own life. Got these kids. Got, I'm married. I'm pastor in this church. Got this house. We got this job. We got these cars. We got these, but just keep the machine moving. I don't need my heart to be alive. Just keep making it, right? I'm che- I can be totally checked out. And I, I have, I'm not, I'm not like, and I've never failed. No, I'm like, and that's me, right? Like, I'm waking up, and it's scary, because it's so easy to just get busy doing what needs to be done and what you're good at, as opposed to what you want to do. And what your heart is alive in, right? What makes your heart alive? And listen, the world is trying to figure what I'm talking about out through ASVAB tests and Google and, like, your freaking... JNFP or whatever this melancholic, whatever. We're figuring this out in the presence of a father. We're figuring this out in the context of a family. We're figuring this out connected to the body. Amen? This is very different. So don't don't hear what I'm saying and be like, I'm going to Google what I'm good at online. You've missed the point. You can't, no ASVAB test can tell you what your burning heart desire is. Because it's not looking for what you're good at. It's looking for what God imprinted on you when you were made. These are eternal things. They're, you cannot escape it. I'm so sorry to ruin this, spoil the surprise for you. You can't escape what God has put on you. 
Like, if three years ago I wanted to avoid doing what I'm doing right now, I would not have been able to escape it. I can delay it and make it take longer, but he will persevere. He says, he says, if you are, Second Timothy, if you are faithless, I remain faithful. He, you know what the Bible says? He says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Think about that. Not only will he not be denied, he cannot. He has made a rule for himself. I cannot be denied. So I don't care if you're faithless. I am faithful. The words I spoke over you, my promises for you, I will see them to fruition. I don't care if you're lazy, if you're not praying, if you're coping, if you're drinking too much alcohol, you're trying to you know, numb your heart, you're, you're isolating from church, whatever it is we're trying to do to just make, just to try to, you know what I mean? Try, try, to, try to hide our heart. <laughs> It's like our heart is like this glowing ember thing, and we're like, put it in the box, we bury it. And it's like, you know, it like bursts out. It's like, I will not be denied, you know, this thing, right? You feel it? You feel like the, damn it, he's like shaking me. I'm trying to nap right now. It's like, you, you feel that? I am literally doing that. I'm like, hey, you better wake up because I love you, and I better wake up too because I don't want to miss things, you know? And I'm not saying not to be afraid. I'm just saying, I, I don't, it's hard living life trying to run from your own heart. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. It's hard. It's actually easier to let the freakish glowing fireball come out of its little box. Yeah. It's easier. Yeah. yeah. And that too, <laughs> as well. And yes, that's 1 Corinthians <clears throat> verse 4. Uh, it, is, it is easier to just do one. And just step, it's, it's actually easier. It's, does it require more courage? Yes. Remember, Tom Cruise movie, I love Tom Cruise. Where's Brian? He's not here. Um, there's a scene where it's like, basically there's a movie where, it's basically Groundhog's Day meets Alien vs. Predator. It's called uh, <laughs> Edge of Tomorrow. It's freaking awesome. He lives the same day over and over in Alien Apocalypse, whatever. Okay. But there's a scene where it's like his general guy's on the freaking thing, and he's trying to get his men pumped for war, right? And he's like, remember, there is no courage without the presence of fear. There's no need for courage unless fear is present. Yeah. Why do you need courage? Courage is actually used to respond and to defeat fear. Amen. So when fear comes, don't think something's wrong. Just use your courage. Courage is birthed in the presence of it. Do you understand? Because you need it for something. It's like if we never had to walk, we wouldn't have muscles because they're not needed. And, and when you want courage, you have to be encouraged, which means to be filled with courage. Right? To literally encourage, like to fill someone up with courage, right? And who they are. Right? Ma'am, please don't bring your baby into the sanctuary. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I helped make that thing, so you got to deal with the repercussions. Um, Children are a blessing. Children are a blessing. It's true. Um, you guys, our hearts being alive is really, really, really... I'm just going to keep... Ma'am. Just kidding. I love that thing. They don't have a personality until they're two, so just kidding. They're great. Um, okay, let me go through here. You guys, 
all of what I'm saying only makes sense and, and is only realized in the presence of a very faithful God. He is faithful, you guys. He is so faithful to take care of your hearts. Let me say that again. He's faithful to take care of your heart. You don't have to be afraid of letting your heart be awakened and turned on because he'll actually take care of it. If you're a guy, you're concerned that you will not be fulfilled in what you're doing on earth. It's a real concern. It just is. Men are created this way. Women, you have this too, I understand. But for men, we are created. We, we have a strong emphasis on knowing our destiny, knowing what we're created to do and walking it out. We, we really want to look in the mirror and be proud of the man we're looking at. Right? Right? Am I, am I saying something that's real? Yeah. The men are like, I'm not allowed to say yes. <laughs> yes. It's real. Right? Behind the like mustache and the axe and like the maple syrup, there's actually a uh, real thing. A, a man wants to know his destiny. We want to know who we are. We want to be proud of who we are and what we're doing. I want to look at myself and say, I'm proud of that man. That's, that's you too, if you're a man. That's real. But God is saying, I am proud of you already. I'm already proud of you, son. Son, I'm proud of you. Nothing you can do to make me less proud of you. I'm already proud of you, son. What I want to do, son, is actually open up that little box you put your heart into and awaken and blow some, you know, the, on, the, on the embers of the fire of your heart and awaken that and, and let it be alive. Whatever that looks like. And you guys, this is glory to glory. It's not, I'm going to be a doctor tomorrow. It's not, that's not what we're talking about. Start with the steps that he's at right now, right? What's on the agenda for today, right? Now, he may be talking about deeper, longer things, but it's so easy to be discouraged because the only things we've allowed our heart to be awakened to is an occupation, if you're a man. That, that's so lame. You remember that feeling you're in high school? You're trying to figure out which four jobs you're going to fit into? Yeah. You can be a doctor, an engineer, a teacher, or a lawyer. Pick one, pick one. Which one are you? It's the weirdest thing. And if you're fresh and if you're still in school, you're like, he's speaking my language. Try to figure out. That's why everyone just ends up like doing like a sociology degree or something. <laughs> I mean, if that's you, hey, bless you. I'm just saying. Like, they don't know what the heck they're in school for because school only offered them like four or five jobs. You know what I mean? It, and, and school is saying your identity is actually fulfilled in what you do. And God is saying, what? no, that's not true. Your occupation is not designed to fulfill who you are. It'll always fail you. If you're looking for an occupation to fulfill who you are, it'll fail you every time. Even in ministry, and then some. Even like if I was trying to get fulfilled in my role as preaching and shepherding the body. It's, it's not going to fulfill me because I'm actually made for even more. Yeah. And you are made for so much more. God may call you to be working at a place, but it is a side gig to what you are really on earth for, what you're created to do, right? Okay. Yeah, it's a side gig. It's a side hustle. Is that what it's called? That's the millennial thing. It's a, I got my side hustle. I work from home. Heck yeah. I sell on Etsy. I wear sweats all day. Multi-level marketing, whatever. It's crazy, right? I'm not saying don't get a job. I, I have a lot of jobs. I have a job right now. 
side hustle. It is a side hustle. But I, it spends 50 hours a week of my life. But it's, it, I mean, I'm being honest, it still is a side thing. It really is. It's just something I go to. <laughs> you brought it up, Nora, so you have to deal with it. Um, oh, it's hot. Um, you guys, our heart being alive. Oh my gosh, it's so real. You know, have you ever been, has God ever spoken to you through things that are like, so like, not godly? <laughs> like, yes. yeah. okay, so like, I'm bored, right? One day, I forget what I'm doing. It's not that long ago, actually. And I'm looking up, this is so funny, whatever, okay. Um, I like Google things, because I'm just curious, right? So I like Tom Cruise, did I mention that? So I wanted to see how much Tom Cruise made, his net worth, I don't know why, I'm just curious. And then it's like, top 20 actors, you know, I was like, yeah, like how who makes the most money, you know? Tom Cruise is number two behind this like Indian guy in Bollywood. Uh, so, uh, whatever. Um, it's Tom Cruise is still number one to my heart. But uh, these actors have all these quotes. And I'm like reading these like silly quotes and they're like, you know, like, oh my God, you know, like, like really hitting me hard. And I think it was Sylvester Stallone. It's like the funniest quote. And he's like, <laughs> I'm just going to read it because it's so fun. I'm like, I'm sitting in my. He loves Jesus? That's cool. Yeah. Um, great job. Rocky One's the best. Um, Rocky. So forget the whole winners and losers thing, because just scratch that part of it, because you can get caught in performance. But just hear what he's saying here. You have to do it in his voice. Oh. <laughs> okay, what is his voice, though? Honestly, I don't really know. Wait, you Adrian. Adrian. What's funny is that I have a coworker who's a male named Adrian, and I always do that to him. And he's like kind of grow up like, you Adrian. But he's a guy, you know? So I'm not gonna do it with the voice who said that second like funny. But I'm not gonna do it. Um, because I just his voice is hard to like keep it going. But uh hopefully the Adrian was enough. I believe this is just one. I believe there's an inner power that makes winners or losers. And the winners are the ones who really listen to the truth of their hearts. And I'm sitting there in my shed, and I'm like, like, I'm like, what the heck? Like, that is so real, you know? Like, listening to our own hearts. Like, allowing that thing to, like, like, tuning into that channel, you know what I mean? Like, just even allow, just, you know, allowing it to be alive. It's really important in this next season for us. It's really important always, but to allow yourself to be alive. It's going to be scary, but to allow yourself to be alive. Allow your heart to be turned on. Allow your desires to be made known. And guess what? We don't need to go into ac accusing God, like, oh, you didn't do this on this month. No, no, no. God's not slow about his promises as some count slowness, but is patient, right? Yeah. So trusting that he's faithful, trusting that he's good, allowing your heart to be, turn to, to be turned on, to be alive, right? You see, the reason we don't allow it to be alive because we're afraid that it's not going to be taken care of properly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. You are afraid, I'm afraid, that God's not actually faithful, that he's not actually going to steward our hearts. So we don't want to turn it on because there's so much risk involved, right? If it's just dulled down, then the pain doesn't hurt that bad, right? The disappointments aren't that bad because I didn't even really want anything. I don't know. Hope's not deferred. I didn't even really hope anything at all. I don't really even want anything. So why am I disappointed when I didn't get it? Because I don't even want anything. I'm not, I don't want anything. I just, I'm just, you know, I'm okay, right? I don't really want anything. Have you ever, have you ever been with the person like, hey, what do you want to do? I don't know what you want to do. 
I've been that person too. Hey, what do you need? What do you want to eat today, honey? I just want to prefer you. No, I want to prefer you. <laughs> Damn it, I prefer you. What, what do you want to eat? I don't know. I don't really have. I don't really have a preference. What do you want to do today? We have the whole day, honey. Our kids are being watched. We can do whatever we want to do. But I'm, that's actually me. You know, one of the things that drew me to to um, to my good friend Mitchell Hunter um, when I was when I was a a young lad, I think we met when we were 14. Mitchell Hunter has been like my best friend since I was 14, and I'm 62 years old. That's crazy. <laughs> um, that's a long time. Um, L'Oreal face cream does it for me. Um, thank you. Yeah. Or Maybelline. Maybe it's Maybelline. Um, and then L'Oreal, you're worth it. Those are the two things that I know. Okay. Uh, so one thing that drove me to Mit one thing I always loved about spending time with Mitchell, and if you've hung ever hung out with him, like where you just are, you have no agenda. Uh, we like wake up and um, be like, you know, what do you want to do? And he, like, and, and and we spend a lot of time together. And and, and he's just like, oh, like, well, I want to do this, and like, you know, like, yeah, and I'm like, like he would just be like, yeah, I want to go, uh, you know, I want to go do this, and then I want to go to Crossroads and look at like used clothes, and then I want to like go do this, and I was always like, yeah, hell yeah, let's make that happen, you know, like I want to, I'm gonna help you do what you want to do. But he was always really good at knowing what he wanted. And I had no grid for that. I, like, if you were like, what do you want to do today? I'm like, well, what needs to be done first? Let's check that off, okay. And I, I, I'm, you know, me and Nora were talking about this. It, like, we're not saying you need to throw away all responsibilities if you have stewardships. But I was the person that was only what needs to be done and what I'm finding out what I'm good at so I can go succeed. Right? I found out I was good at math. Okay, I need to be an engineer, right? Okay, I'm good at this. Okay, I need to go do that, <laughs> right? What needs to be done? Okay, well, I need to do this. Okay, let's do that. I need to do this. If you live your life like that, you will be habitually busy doing things that need yeah. to be done and things that you're good at, and your heart will find no satisfaction in it. You just keep succeeding according to the world, and you're just like, inside, you're like, but I wanted to do something else, you know, right? You're victimized. So my son, I, I said this quote last time I preached, but it was so beautiful to me. He was doing all this tantrum. He was throwing a tantrum. It was like 8 in the morning. He's flipping early. He's throwing tantrums, so he gets put in his room after getting spanked or whatever we did to him. I don't know, injected him or something, but we took care of him. And he, he man, it's freaking hot. Uh, it's 655 degrees in here. Um, <laughs> That's the time, okay. That's the time. Uh, it, uh, it's a good joke, it's a good joke. Uh, so, it, uh, he's like throwing a fit, right? And he's doing something he doesn't want to do, right? No one wants to throw a hysterical fit banging on the door and being separated from those who love you, right? No one wants to do that. It's like the 1940s. Everyone here has their fans. They're like, "Woo, Lordy, Lordy, it's hot!" You know, it's like pretty cool. Um, or maybe the 20s. I don't know when that was, but it's cool. Everyone's got the fans. Come on, there's a tie thing in front of you. Fan yourself. That's pretty cool. Um, but he's freaking out, right? He's doing something he doesn't want to do. And I go in there and just get. I give him a hug and just kind of slow him down. And he's crying. And he's like, "Daddy, I just wanted to fly." And I'm like, what? I'm like, this is so amazing. He's like, I just wanted to fly on a rocket ship this morning. And it's like, you know, the adult, the, the whatever, is like, well, not silly. Of course you're not going to ride on a rocket ship. But think about the purity of that. He woke up wanting to ride in a rocket ship, and then because of his poor decisions, he ended up banging on the door and having this tantrum. 
But what he really wanted to do was to fly. And, and what happens to us is we get busy doing the things that need to be done and that we're good at. And then we accuse God because of our circumstances. And, and we become victimized. Man, life sucks. I have to do this, this, this. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> You're not a victim. You don't have do you, you know what I mean? Like people are like, oh, my job sucks. Then don't go. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, that's not what I'm like, okay, then stop. Stop the complaining, right? I mean, I'm speaking to me too. It's like, oh, my job is sucks. <laughs> you don't have to do this, right? Have you ever seen those like movies? Like it's the futuristic movies where like, they're like, it's like way in the future and they're like getting their like life assigned to them because of how they scored on these tests or whatever. You know what I mean? And then there's that one kid who asks why, you know? And he's the main character in the movie. You know what I'm talking about? There's like five or six of those out there. Um, there just is, you know? They're like remakes of the same movie. But he stops to ask why, and like he changes the whole thing. That's what we're called to do. We're literally called to be like, wait a minute. God, are you telling me I have to do this? He's like, I never said you had to do that at all. And you're like, because oh. I don't want to do this. He's like, I know. <laughs> I made you, right? Um, yeah, um, he actually knows that. Mic drop, he already knows. He actually, the Bible actually says he actually knows what you will, what your needs are. He knows what you, you how much you need to eat, where you'll need to sleep, where you'll, you know what I mean? He knows those things. I think it's in Matthew, right? He knows those things. Look at the birds of the air. They neither toil nor reap, and yet I feed them. You know what I mean? Like, he knows. So, if you're doing these things because you think he's not going to provide, and then you're accusing him because you're having to do these things to take care of yourself because he's not going to take care of you, and then you're victimized in doing stuff that you don't want to do. Right? Does it sound like 99.9% of the world? Eric can dream. Eric can dream? American dream. Eric can dream. Eric! Um, it's prophetic. My bad hearing made a prophetic word for you. Amazing. You guys, listen. We were actually called to break this mold. We're called to break this thing. We're called to break this cycle. Come on. This is so... Everything I'm talking about, seriously, there's some people out here right now who are being like, dude, you can't challenge that. Challenge it. I swear. There's people here that right now are thinking, like, dude... Come on, you can't challenge that thing. Kick it in the neck. You guys, this is so, it's one option. Um, this is so untalked about, this is so unchallenged, it's it's next level. Are you saying something or praising the Lord? Can I share a story? You can. Yeah, just don't even worry about it. You don't even have to apologize. Right. Just sit down. So this story came to me pretty hard about like what I want to do and what God wants. Or, no, basically what he said. It's like, I thought that I had to do a certain thing to be important, and the world was telling me and to do a certain thing. And it was like, um, you got to get a science degree, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to get good grades. And uh, so I ended up doing chemistry because I didn't like it. But I thought, like, God just wanted me to 
just work hard and be an American success story. And I was just, I made it through the first semester, I got like straight A's, and then I got sick, I was on a plane flight, I was just like throwing up on the way back to school, and I was going to class, and then I like get out and I just throw up after class because I'm like, oh I can't miss a class. I'm so set in this, I will not fail God, I will not fail him by getting bad grades or failing American and I was just in that moment of just uh, trying to defeat an image of myself that the world had made for me. And what God had for me was already enough. I was trying to fight myself, but I wasn't even looking at myself. So he gave me a dream. He gave me a dream of me falling into a pit. There was this monster in there, and it formed itself, and it was, it looked like me, but it wasn't me. And then I was supposed to defeat myself by defeating the monster, but the monster wasn't me. So um, eventually, I started to see myself and worship God out of joy instead of obligation. And I found more success in that. Yeah. I because I it was crazy. I went to this courthouse and the, God just I just walked past it every day. I wanted to be a cop. I would uh, go to chemistry class, I walked out, throwing up, and then I walked out and I saw these two cops and I'm like, I just want to be a cop. I don't want to do chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> And then over the summer, I, I changed majors. I started doing sociology, criminology. I don't know what I wanted to do. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And um, so, but I had a lot of dreams on my heart. I wanted to like teach Chinese, to teach English to like Chinese kids. I almost did an English major. And my roommate, he was Chinese, and I started teaching English to Chinese kids. I realized that wasn't for me. And then God's like, go to this courthouse and ask to intern as a criminal investigator. And it was the only like courthouse in the county that had criminal investigators. It wasn't normal. And they took me on. <laughs> so proud of you. So here I am being who God made me. And so it's like, God made you with purpose and with thought. Um, so deny yourself is to deny God. Come on. Because He made you and He has an idea of who you are and what He wants you to do. And you don't have to pretend to be somebody else to please Him. So. That was awesome. Come on. That was, that was great. That was awesome. You might have a future in the blender sales industry. <clears throat> that was great. That's what we joke when we have the mic. That was awesome. Thanks, Eric.
Um, it's one of my favorite verses. 2 Corinthians 5, 16-17. And this is why we, because we're so unique, you guys. Just like Eric's talking about. We're so unique. We're so special. You are so special. You're so much more unique. And that's why you can't try to fit yourself into these boxes <laughs> at the world. You know what I mean? Like, okay, am I a... Am I a this or a this or well, I mean which you know what I mean? Like do you remember feeling that way? Like someone tell me who I freaking am, right? That's the cry of your heart. Someone tell me who I am, right? Man, you'd be my mom used to always tell me, you'd be such a good lawyer. I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, just you know, it's just like 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 no, I just love to argue with you, mom. There's really not much else. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I don't want to be a lawyer, I just want to get what I want because I'm ten, you know, but um, <laughs> you guys, trying to find ourselves in anything but anything other than Him it, it is, it is a waste of time. It's a colossal error. Uh, this is why, because we're so unique. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We are a new creation. And we can help each other. You want to know how you can help each other here? It's to regard your brothers and sisters not according to the flesh. Regard them not according to the flesh. Regard them according to the Spirit. And you may say, I don't know how to do that. And that is the best starting place to regarding your brothers and sisters according to the Spirit. To be a child. God, I don't know how to see someone in the Spirit. God, give me eyes to see. How do you see your daughter? How do you see Caitlin? How do you see Hannah? How do you see Christina? How do you see these people? Because right now, I only see them in the garden of the flesh. <laughs> right? I mean, unless all you guys got the whole spirit eyes thing down, then you can <laughs> teach us. It's all good. And I'm down to learn. But why don't we just ask God? He'll help us. It's great. Okay? So that's, that's something for us to do as a family. Regard each other. According to the Spirit. Amen? Amen? Coming up higher in order that our new supernatural hearts, new hearts, right? New creation, new heart, that it might be stewarded properly. Listen, it's your job to steward your heart. But the best way to steward your heart, I said it earlier, is to let God steward your heart. It sounds kind of like, wait a minute. No, no, you're not a victim. It's your job to steward your heart. And the best way to steward yourself is to give it to God to steward. But it's not, it's not a forceful thing. He doesn't steal it from you. Amen? It's actually quite the opposite. You have to force it because you live on earth. You're swimming upstream, my salmon friend. But you're not going to your death. You're going to something good. Okay? So, guys, it's our job to steward our hearts and to give it to God. Yes. Do you guys remember Song of Solomon? Um, you, you know, like, it's an analogy between us and Jesus, the book, Song of Solomon? Yes. If you're a guy, you want to vomit every time you picture, picture yourself as the girl. If you're a girl, you're like, this is amazing, Jesus is, we're whining and dining, the guy's like, oh, he did what to me? You know? I don't want to be a part of that. I remember in the internship, they're like, they're like, the, 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 the bride is like, you know, you, you, you are the bride and the groom is Jesus. And all the guys are like, 
you know, just mm, horrible. But uh, just got to get over that, guys. It's all good. We're being romanced by Jesus, and it's awesome. But if you can get past the imagery of the Song of Solomon, there's this uh, part in the book where the bride, us, men and women, we're, uh, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, we're in the uh, room, the chambers, and uh, that's where they were hanging out. And then he, he leaves, and he comes to the door and knocks. And he's like, hey, let's go. It's time to go. We're going over here, you know. And she's like, no, I'm, 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 I'm staying here. And he's like, come on, let's go. We're, we're going to go gallop over the lilies and, you know, some right? frolicking. Um, and she doesn't. She doesn't go with him. And the next season for her is dismay. She's, where is my lover gone? Well, he's actually gone on to the next season. He's actually gone on to the next glory. And we can feel that way when we haven't, when we're not where we're supposed to be. And I don't just mean like physically, I mean like in our hearts, and our minds, right? Yeah. It's confusing. We're like, oh, wait a minute. It's like, dude, the train left. <laughs> don't worry, there's another one coming. Let me say that to you again. Don't worry, there's another one coming. The train comes every 15 minutes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay? So, right? But let your actual misery be a motivator to make sure you get on the next one. That's actually what godly um, sorrow is meant to do. Godly sorrow is meant to lead you to repentance. Paul says we don't mourn the way they do because worldly sorrow just leads to nothing. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, right? We actually, right? So if you're feeling sorrow because you didn't get on the train, don't worry. The next one's probably already here right now. If today he's knocking on your heart, don't you know? Don't deny him. It's every day. He's the train is every thirty seconds. Let that motivate you to get on board, right? Because he's going from glory to glory. Um, And so as your heart becomes more and more and more alive, more awake, more alive, the only way to have it properly stewarded is to keep going higher. It's like some of us are like afraid of heights in the spirit, you know? It's like we get to a certain altitude, we're like, okay. When it was down there, I thought it'd be really scary to be here. Now I'm here. It's really scary to go up there, and I just don't want to keep going. But he is, we're going up. We're going up to higher places. And as your heart becomes more alive, the only way to have it properly stewarded is to go up higher in the spirit. The only way for me to properly steward my wife is to go up higher in the spirit. And she's she's natural. I mean, she's spiritual. I'm just saying, like, this is a natural stewardship I have. And it's spiritual too, I I know. But the, the supernatural stewardship of our heart with God, as it gets more and more and more and more alive, it doesn't make sense at this altitude. It can't be contained. It cannot be stewarded. It can't be encouraged. It can't be, it no longer, you know what I mean? It only works at higher altitudes. You know, like, there's only certain, there's certain fish that only live, like, deep, deep, deep down in the water. Like, they don't survive higher up, you know? They're like those weird, creepy fish with, like, the thing. (laughs) We were destined... The only way to keep an alive heart is to come up higher into a more intimate, real relationship with God. It's the only way. You will not be satisfied staying where you are. 
it's not like a, even like a challenge. It's just the truth. Like, you will not be satisfied staying where you are. When Jesus leaves rooms and goes to the other room, you're not going to be satisfied. You were satisfied last season, but now this season is no longer satisfying. That's how he actually gets you to go from glory to glory, too. It's called, I, I like to call it holy discontentment. I'm like, right here, he's like, the train left, son. Get on the next one. We're going to this different stuff, okay? Listen to the truth of your own heart. It's very real. I wrote this down. And Brian tweeted it. That's kind of cool. <clears throat> I said we were hanging out in his room, his house. Her <laughs> living room, not in his bedroom. There you go. Does that make it more? <laughs> Is that if you know his house, you're like laughing. You're like, there's only three rooms. So um, we're in the living room. I said this. I said, I'll never be a slave if I keep my heart alive. I'll never be a slave again if I keep my heart alive. I will never be a slave again if I keep my heart turned on. We actually, and this is what I wrote, slavery is birthed, check this out, slavery is birthed when we take the bait from the enemy to mask, dole, cope, anything with our own heart in any other way than Jesus himself. If you are trying to, if you take the bait from the enemy to deal with this burning, scary thing called your heart, if you're trying to deal with it in any other way than Jesus himself, it's a form of slavery. And, and we will never be slaves again if we, uh, if we keep our heart on alive. I don't even care if you know the future. Listen, you don't have to know everything to have your heart turned on and alive, right? I'm not saying you have to have a seven-course plan for you, and then I'm doing this, and then No. Forget about that. Forget about your vocation and job. Let your heart be alive. Guess what? When your heart's alive, you will change jobs or whatever. You will change cities. You will change your circumstances around you because you don't have a choice anymore because your heart is alive. Like, your heart will force you into the next season if you keep it on, if you keep the light turned on. It'll propel you into what God has for you. Your destiny will literally be forced upon you when your heart is alive. Staying true to your heart. Yeah. Staying tuned into the truth of your heart. Does that make sense? Yeah. The reality of your heart. And some of you guys are like, I haven't even opened that door yet. Let's open it. You're like, I'm on page one of that book. Awesome. Let's read it. So Let's go through the... Let's flip through the pages of your own heart. Some of you guys are like, my heart's been alive for like years and this is like really crazy and amazing and a reminder and blowing, you know, on the flame, right? The embers are like, like, guys, our heart's being alive. And guess what? What you actually want to do, like your heart, what you actually are created to do is actually pretty awesome. Do you know there's a difference between what you actually want to do and what your flesh wants to do? Can we give you an example? My flesh, this is like so weird to even say, because it's so not me. You guys are like, that's weird. That's not you. And I'm like, no, it's my flesh. You understand the difference? Yeah. I'm not saying this is what I want. I'm saying this is what my flesh wants. 
My flesh wants to go do drugs, go have be promiscuous, adultery, whatever, all this crazy crap. That's not what I want. Not even close, right? Some people are like, I'm so concerned. Like, how do I know it's what I want, like my actual heart, and it's not the desire of my flesh? You'll know. <laughs> the desires of the flesh are so obvious. The desires of the flesh are so opposed to what you actually want. And what you really want is freaking awesome because you've been born again. You've been given a new heart. You're like, what do I want? You're like, I want to love people and like serve people and like help people be free. And I want to steward people and like raise a fit. It's like, well, that's pretty great. Why don't you just go ahead and do that? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's pretty awesome, right? Like what you actually want. Isn't that cool? Yeah. We're not having to swim upstream in this area. It's already here. It's already been given to us. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's awesome how the giftings and callings of God are irrevocable, yeah. unshakable. You cannot escape this stuff. You know, I use the Mitchell uh, testimony because it's super funny and obvious. But there was a period in his life where he, he was trying to walk away from the Lord. He can't because he lives inside him and it's impossible. Um, I've shared the story many times He's with him in the room. So, Mitch, if you're somehow listening from Hawaii, we'll um, You're probably not because you can't. Um, but <laughs> he doesn't have access to this stuff right now. But uh, he's in Hawaii. But there was this time when he was he was trying to avoid this thing. And, but he's, he's the best man at my wedding. So I forced him to come to the bachelor party because that's his job to plan it, right? So um, he comes to the bachelor party, and we're going around prophesying to all our people. And it was so funny because, you know, he's like, God, you know, whatever. And then he comes in the room, and he's like, the Lord is just saying to you, and just, you know, just prophesying over everyone. And then he leaves the room, and he's like, Boop. Switch turned off, you know, because he's like, oh, I want to not, you know. But, like, it's irrevocable. Like, Mitchell prophesying and, like, you know, like, the spirit of God just, you know. Like, it was really pretty funny. If you knew him in that season, you'd be like, he did what last night? Like, yeah, he prophesied all over us and, like, <laughs> blessed the snot out of us. You're like, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, like, really funny because it's irrevocable. Who you are is, it's like, you plant that seed in the dirt, it's going to sprout up, you know. Now, you get to decide how long it takes with how you steward your heart, but um, it's, it's going to happen. You can't escape it, right? Like, if right now I were to, like, go, like, move to Africa or something and, like, hide and, like, just try to, like, run away from everything that God is doing in my life, within two weeks or so I'd be coming back because I cannot resist this thing in my heart, right? Like, I, no matter how much I try to cope, shut it down, you know, medicate, right? What are the four ways, Brian? Run. Medicate with the heart, trying to deal check with it. Check out emotionally. Check out, there's just three. three. So checking out emotionally. Who here, who is that your drug of choice? Checking out emotionally. Um, I can do that a little bit. I'm the only one being vulnerable here, that's cool. Um, uh, medicate, who likes to medicate? Medicate to try to deal with your heart. Maybe all three, I do a little bit of that. Just trying, like if I'm not doing well and I'm not trusting God. I'm talking about moments of weakness here, right? I'm not saying, this is what you do every day, right? <laughs> I'm saying our moments of weakness, and then run. Who's the runners? <laughs> run from my heart, because it's scary. It has a gun. Yeah, okay. Uh, so These are ways you don't deal with your heart? This is things that you can yeah. do to try to deal with your heart if you're not letting Jesus do it, right? Right? And we're all, we're all tempted in these areas. Unless you're perfect, and again, come up here. We're going to beat you. Um, 
All of us are tempted to do those, one of those three, maybe all three at the same time, maybe two out of three. What? You tempted to walk up here? Oh, get beat? Oh, that'd, be, that'd be weird. We're, we're not actually going to beat you. <laughs> um, but we're tempted with one of those three, maybe two out of three, maybe three out of three, right? Do you feel the temptation? I do. Maybe I'm the only human here. I had a friend. I had a friend. I had a friend in high school. Oh, my God. I had a friend who was like, you know, sometimes we were playing poker. And he's like, sometimes I get this thought that like everyone is a robot and I'm the only real human. And, I'm, and we're like, you're joking, right? He's like, no, I'm serious. And I'm like, but you don't actually think that right now. And he's like, how would I know? I'm like, it's pretty awesome. Um, so anyways, hopefully you don't think that. But we're all human. And we're tempted with one of those three things. I'll say it again. To run from our own heart to try to medicate, to deal with it, because I just cannot look at this freaking thing, right? Before I was saved, that's what I was doing. I was just trying to get as high as I could every day because I could not look at this thing because it was freaking me out, you know? Right? No? Okay. Um, but, uh, so I was medicating and running and checking out emotionally. <laughs> yeah! Three for three! You know? Um, so if you're struggling with one, two, or three of three of those... No, no, I mean, like, if you're in the body and you're still tempted with that. But, yeah, I was about to get saved, and I did. Um, but in the body, we're still tempted with those things. Yeah. And the answer is to let Jesus deal with this thing. You guys, he's very equipped to steward your heart. Let me say that again. God is very equipped to steward your heart. He's faithful. Let me say that with me. Say, God... Let's try it again. God, God you, are faithful. you are faithful. You are equipped, you are equipped to, steward to steward my heart. It's true. It's true. He's very experienced. He's been doing it a long time. And he actually made it. You're bringing it to the uh, manufacturer. The BMW Roseville Automall. You're bringing it to the source, right? That's a car, but this is your heart. A little different. But you're bringing it to the creator. The creator, believe it or not, is actually equipped to steward his creation. Say that again. The creator, I'm, I'm being like tongue-in-cheek here. The creator is equipped to steward his creation. He knows how to deal with your heart. Ma'am? Um, <laughs> that's great. You're a good dad, Zach. Funny. Um, but, you guys, we can trust him, okay? Here's the encouragement to fill you with courage when fear comes. Because fear will come, right? Fear will come. And if, fear, if you're not, there's not fear there, go to the next glory step, right? I ain't scared of 6,000 feet. Get to 20,000 feet. Okay? If you guys are like, I'm not dealing with any of this. <laughs> that could be some cause for concern, right? Like Bill Johnson says, if you never run into the enemy along your walk of life, you might be walking in the same direction. Ooh. Snap. You never walked past someone on a path, you're walking in the same direction. I'm just being funny, but that's what he says. 
That's what he said. <clears throat> um, right? So guys, listen. As you go from glory to glory, there is fear, unknown, new. Who the heck am I, right? Why am I here? Are these questions that you ask? I always did. Still do. What the heck? <laughs> God, right? It's, a, it's our glory to seek these out with him, and he is equipped to steward our heart. He's faithful. When you go into the next place, it's not a trap. It's not like, trick you, you know, like those like movies where like lasers and like spikes everywhere? No. It's not hidden booby traps everywhere. This is good for you, you know? That next room, if you accept that invitation, it's good. So right now, uh, are we someone doing communion besides me? There's not bread or wine here. Um, oh no, red alert. Wee, 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 we need bread and wine. Quick, quick, quick. Um, sorry, I just have the mic so I get to do that. <clears throat> um, what's that? Oh. Uh, you guys, is this good? What if we did what we wanted to do? That's freaky, huh? You're like, am I even allowed, right? Am I even allowed to do that? This is untouched. I know that. I want to walk through walls. Cool. I don't. That's cool, though. <laughs> right? That's cool. That's what you want. That's cool. That's cool. What if we did what we wanted to do? I just never had the desire, but it'd be sweet. Um, what if we were doing what we wanted to do even on a small level? Like starting out with what is actually right now, you know? Because I don't know about you, but when I get asked that question, I'm like, well, I want to do this big lofty thing. I'm like, I'm not doing it right now. <laughs> and I just go back from not allowing, to not allowing my heart to want things. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah. Hope deferred, right? Makes the heart sick. But Jesus is the healer. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're not supposed to hope in things. It just means you need to be healed. And put your hope in him so you won't get deferred as easily, right? There's two things I think of that verse. One, put your hope in him and you'll never be deferred. Yeah, I got that. It's true, but it's kind of like the Christian answer, you know? It's like the answer is always Jesus, like in class, you know? But it's a good answer. But I think there's another answer that it's actually okay to have hope deferred and then just be healed and restored and re and re-injected with life and expectation and hope again. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? Um, sorry, I just wanted to do that. Again, I got the mic, I get to extra privileges. Um, but, uh, like allowing yourself to want something and not getting it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just wanna freaking fail. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so good? Someone earlier was like, no, it doesn't. I know what you mean. But at the same time, like being free to just want and allow this heart to be, oh man, I wanted this, I didn't get that, but I got this, and I'm asking God for things. You know what I mean? Like, let me, let me just say this one last verse, um, the verse we said again, because allowing yourself to want things is really important. Ooh, then we're going to read this verse. Mm. Yeah, after that, can I share something real quick? Mm -hmm. What's quick? Yeah, what's quick to you? Um, um, I'm down for you to do that. Um, you know, some people think quick is quick, and then it's like... It's funny. Um, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Okay, are you already friends? Okay. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. That is uh, John 15, 12 through 17. Maybe I was reading it for you because that's not where I was trying to go. Um, like, <laughs> I didn't want to want to hear, um, but I'm glad you got it. And <clears throat> that happens when you take notes. Stupid phone. Um, just kidding. It's great. For a while. Okay, this is good. Second Corinthians 5, 4. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. I love that verse, because it's like, God, just, just clothe me with more and more and more and more of you. And you know what's so cool about this, you guys? It does two things simultaneously. One, your heart becomes more and more and more and more alive, right? At the same time, you're closer and closer and closer and closer with him, so you're more comforted, so fear has less and less and less a place. And then your heart becomes more alive, and then you're more comforted, and then more alive, and then more comforted. And it's this beautiful, amazing dance where fear doesn't really have much of a say. Yeah. You know? It's only scary if you're not with him. Like, he's the comforter, you know? Like what I was talking about earlier, going from glory to glory, and it gets scary. Yeah, but then you just lean into him immediately, and there's comfort there. And our hearts can actually be being awakened and comforted, awakened and comforted, awakened and comforted, you know, like as we're climbing this thing. And then you find yourself so high above all the cares of the world, and it's really beautiful. You heard the expression, like, above the snake line? You heard of that? Well, basically, there's an elevation in mountains where snakes don't live. They just can't live that high. And when you get above the snake line, if you're climbing a mountain, you no longer have to worry about certain predators. And this is how it is in the kingdom. We, we get high in the, in, in the spirit and with him, we get to a place of elevation where we're walking with him, right? That we're no longer concerned with things of the earth, you know? And it goes in steps, right? Like right now, I'm not concerned with things I was concerned about six months ago, right? But six months ago, I, I wouldn't have been concerned about things I was concerned with two years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, you know how, you want some encouragement? There are things right now that you are not struggling with that you were six months ago. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? That's pretty awesome. I'm in the right direction. Right? That's cool. Some of you are like, now I struggle with things I never used to struggle with. It's all good, right? Uh, just working through things. But there are lies you used to believe that you don't believe anymore. So good. That's pretty cool. And when I talk to certain people, um, like I'll be talking to people and I'm like, listen, you ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, this really, like, in two weeks, you're, not, this, you're going to be so over this. It's not going to be a problem. We don't even really need to talk about it, you know? Because he's actually, we're, we're climbing higher, and all of a sudden it's above the snake line, you know? And those things don't even exist. You're like, yeah, I used to be all trying to figure out, you know, red or blue, but now I just realize that I just don't care at all, right? Or something like that. You know, you just keep going up higher and higher and higher. Um, is there, oh, it's convenient. Okay, um, is this good? So good. Guys, the moral story let your heart be alive. Let you let yourself want things. And we're going to be diving. I, again, I think I just shook all this stuff up, and then you're going to like explore it with God in the next couple weeks. But what if we did what we wanted to do with God? There's so much resistance to that statement. Every time I say it, I literally feel so much. Yeah, but 
One of them is, yeah, but are we not going to be responsible? And, of course. But what you'll find is that you actually want to be responsible. And that's actually you doing things you want to do. I want to make my bed. I want to take care of my kids and my wife. You know what I mean? That's not a have to. I get to. There's no obligations here. I want to. But I also want to do other things. Allowing ourselves to do what we want to do. Removing ourselves from obligation. You're not a victim. You're not a slave. You don't have to do anything. Like Nora's got five kids. She doesn't have to take care of her kids. She gets to. She wants to. You know? Sometimes she don't. But uh, she's kidding. She's kidding, right? And in those times, she's just faithful and just does what she knows she wants to do when she's thinking rightly. <clears throat> she's kidding. No, but it's true, right? In her right mind, you want to do these things, right? But if you're ever doing things you don't want to do and God's not saying you have to do it, why are you doing it? Like if you're like, my circumstance sucks, I don't like this, 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 and God's like, I never said you had to do that. Then why are you doing it? If he's taking care of your finances, oops, we don't actually believe that. Oh, no! Right? Let's say we did. Hypothetically, we believe that, okay? Okay? Hypothetically, we believe he takes care of our finances, okay? Okay, we believe the Matthew verse. So if we believe that, and we're doing something we don't want to do, and he never says we had to do it, and he's saying right now, you don't have to do that. I'm like, I don't want to. He's like, why are you doing it? And you're like, oh, why are you doing it? This is the question, this is a conversation I had with him. I said, Lord, if you're going to take care of my finances, and I don't want to do this over here, and you're, you're telling me I don't have to, and you never even told me I had to in the first place, then why am I doing it? He's like, Ain't that the question? Right? Ain't that the question? Why why are we doing what we're doing? If he's not telling you to do it and you don't want to do it, then what why are you doing it? <laughs> I'm telling you, these things are never touched. It's like, wait a minute. There's something under that hood? Yes, there's a car. Um there's like we get into these things, right? Especially in America. Like, like for me, I was in Hong Kong. And there came a point where I was doing things in Hong Kong I didn't want to do. And I felt like a slave to God's will. Have you ever felt that way? It's like, oh, this sucks, but I'm obedient. Oh, and he's like, I'm not even telling you to do that. <laughs> sometimes. There's sometimes he tells you to do things you don't want to do. But there's, most of the times, the things he tells you to do are actually, your heart's actually engaged with. You know what I mean? Like, he's, very rarely, if you're being honest, God is telling you to do something that you absolutely don't want to do. Is that really that common? It's really not. Most of the time, he's actually speaking to things that are already on your heart. He's like, hey, I command you to do this. He's like, they already want to do it, right? It's like, it's like, I command you to be married and be blessed. You're like, yeah, f- yeah. thanks. Yes, sir. You know, like, so silly. I command you to go eat that cupcake. Like, yes, sir. Mmm, this is delicious, right? Like, his yoke is easy, burden is light, right? Um, just kidding. <laughs> that was bad. Whatever. You want a high five. I'm a good dad. Um, <laughs> it's all right. She's okay. Um, are you okay? You want a high Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
That's funny. Uh, all the moms are like, ooh. All the dads are like, <laughs> got her. <laughs> That'll teach her. Um, yeah, I remember one time, like, we, were, we lived in the interhouse, we were upstairs, and then we are going to go into communion. And we came downstairs, and uh, we took a while, you know, it takes a while to go on a walk with kids when you have kids with diapers and stuff, right? So we lived in the intern house. We came downstairs, carried the whole stroller, and um, and uh, right when we get down, Isaac sits in the stroller, and he's younger, and he's like, I pooped. And we're like, man, you know, like, we just did all this. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to be a dad right now. So uh, Steph's like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry about this. She's like, I gotta go upstairs, change the diaper. I'm like, nah, we're good. Take him down, take the diaper off, get the hose right there. Super cold. It was awesome. He's like, ah! I was like, there you go. And he's like, gets in the seat. It's all good. You know? But that's like a dad thing, you know? The mom's like, you're traumatizing. And the dad's like, you shouldn't have pooped when you're bottom of the seat. Um, <laughs> he loves it, man. He loves water to this day. And he loves, and he loves pooping. So where was the trauma? I, he still does both. Um, it's just funny. Uh, but... You guys, literally, the things that God is leading you into, I'll say this again, it's a little secret in the kingdom. The things he's leading you into are actually things you already want to do. Sometimes you don't even know you want to do them until you start doing them. Yeah. I didn't know that I wanted to do an internship and be a part of a family and get married and have kids and teach theater to kids in China. I didn't know that. I just did it because I was being led to. You see what I mean? And as I'm doing it, I'm like, oh my God, this is so freaking enjoyable. Oh my God. He's like, I made you to enjoy this. I'm like, oh, this is great, right? When I got saved, I wanted to move to Spain and play Spanish guitar and like do all this stupid stuff. <laughs> it's like, I want to be a missionary to Spain. And it's like, <laughs> no, God's like, get involved in a family. And I'm like loving my life, right? Thank God I didn't listen to me. And, you know, we could say that the, the list could go on and on, you guys. You were created he, by God so we can trust God. Does that make sense? So I'll, I'll say it again. If God is actually faithful, then let's ask ourselves why we're doing what we're doing. What we're doing. Is that okay? Yes. It's going to be a little interesting for some of y'all. Let's come up <laughs> on that note. Um, we good? Is that okay? Okay. Then I'll do communion. Brian's going to do communion. Come on up. We're going to do the line this way. It worked out really well that time. So, what's that? All of y'all come this way and go all the way around. So they're going to go first, and you guys are going to come behind them and go all the way around. So we're all going to eventually be in a line going through here and grab a communion. Ruth, you want to say something? Sorry. What's going on? Do you want to say it? for a while as far as like not limiting yourself so what Eric was saying he had this super high bar in a different area that God wanted him in and for me it's like opposite like I grew up into this poverty mentality like I'm not smart enough can't do anything so self-imposed limitations right <laughs> what we want to do could be like so high and we're telling ourselves we can't do that. It could be in the spirit realm, like signs and wonders. It could be talking to our boss about Jesus. It could be, you know, like, and there could, there sometimes there's anxieties of like, what should I do or not do as far as like, what's 
the good or evil thing to do. Like, I need to do what's wise. But he leads by desire, like is what he was saying. But I, because of what's being taught here in Kairos, I'm experiencing more freedom in that area than I ever have in my life, even in the past few months. Um, just on this rule alone of don't make rules for yourself of what you can't do. Yeah. Even my parents were like, don't go to college and get in debt. I'm like, okay, check. Getting in debt is bad and unspiritual <laughs> and whatever, whatever. And so all these things, it's not like God said telling me now go to college and do all these things that you were self-imposed limitations. It's not now a rule to do those things. He's just blowing off all limitations Amen. and giving me freedom to explore, okay, what do I want to do? Yes. Now that I realize what I want to do, it's not a rule for me to have to do those things. Yes. It's just an opportunity yes. to, with a clear conscience, I'm not obligated. We're not a slave to right and wrong, wrong what should we do or not do. We're a slave to righteousness. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, i.e. trying to earn things, you know. We're a slave to freedom. So, I just, specifically, specifically, I feel like God's like, you can take that nugget for yourself. Whenever there's like a slight thought, whether it's something big in your life, you've always told yourself you can't do, or the small things, like, I can't talk about this area of my heart with my friend. Like, even small things. Let that rule come into your life of don't ever make rules for yourself whether they're self-imposed or family-imposed or culturally imposed. Like, God impart that filter to all of us. Yes. Just saying. Yeah. It's good. So good! It's really good. Yeah. Um, I'll say one thing and then we'll uh, transition. That was really good, Ruth. Thanks. Everyone who spoke tonight was really good. Um, including me. <clears throat> um, yeah, yeah, thanks. Amen. Uh, it's a joke. Uh, but... What we want to do is actually what we were created to do. Yes. The, the good works that God created you for before the earth was created, right? Mm -hmm. Those are actually things you want to do. And it's your glory to discover all of this. Good. Does that make sense? I'm trying to give you a blanket nugget. Yeah. The things you were created and destined to do. What is my destiny? It's actually what you want to do. Good. Right? Yeah, it's actually what you desire to do, and, and, and this is, it's our glory to, to seek this out and to discover this. Amen? Amen? It's like, it is our glory to find out what we want. It's the funniest little thing that we've been given. It's like, you're going to find glory in figuring out what you want and then doing what you want. <laughs> Doesn't that sound so audacious? Yeah. And yet it is the kingdom. Yeah. Because what we want, you know why? Because we've been given a new heart. And what we want is actually good now. Good. I'll, I'll finish it with this. And then let's, actually, let's start getting in a line. If you can do that, I'm going to keep talking. One of the, uh, you're going this way. You're going to wrap around. It, it works really well. One of the most powerful things that I have always thought since I got saved, and I still think, is that God has the power to change our desires. Let me say that again. Can you walk and listen? Can you walk and talk? Um, we, God has the power to change your desires. Isn't that amazing? One of the most miraculous things that I thought is that when I got saved, 
what I wanted to do was different than what I did, what I wanted before. When I wasn't saved without God, I wanted evil things. And now, because we've been made new, right? We actually want good things. Does that help you? You want actually good things. So go out there and figure out what you want to do and what you want and go do it with him. <laughs> Whoever's recording over there, will you turn it off? That'd be awesome. Whoever's phone that is, you can even.